even if you're down on your luck, there's a little ember of inspiration in there that can start a fire in you that no one can put out. I've never known anyone with a dragon. What does he look like? Just a plain, ordinary dragon. Hey, everybody. How plain? Welcome back to Plain Ordinary Dragon, the podcast. Today, we've got a good one for you. I'm excited because we are going to be interviewing one of my mentors in the information technology arena. Um, Hal Borland is one of a handful of people. Yes, yes, I did say Hal Borland. That's not Tim the Toolman Taylor's sidekick, Al Borland. It's more like 2001 Space Odyssey, Hal. And I think you're going to find that Hal is a unique individual, and neither one of those references do him justice. But Hal is one of a handful of people who have really had a big impact on my career in information technology. Uh, I'm going to have several of those people on the podcast uh, as time goes on, but I'm excited uh, to have him here today so he can talk about his journey and how he got to where he is at the moment. Um, and he can, he can tell us, and it's a great story. It really, really is because he had a number of obstacles that were placed in his way from a very young age for no real fault of his own. And he had to fight to get to a place where he could do the things that he really wanted to do. And, uh, you know, do the things that he was passionate about. And I'm going to let Hal tell that story, but it's a really inspiring story. Uh, you know, when you, when you have uh, a child who is tagged at a young age as an, a resource student or someone who is more for, you know, adapted for manual labor and so forth, uh, and, trying to get out of that is quite an interesting, uh, an interesting journey. So Hal didn't give up. He fought through a lot of things and I'm, I'm excited to share, share this interview with you now. So without further ado, welcome Hal Borland to the podcast. I'm here with Hal Borland. There's actually a really interesting kind of history from my perspective on, on the two of us, because we both more or less grew up in Harrison. You, you right. definitely did. Yeah, I was, and, I was born. Uh, I came, I came here when I was like eight. Yeah. I think I was about eight when I got here and you and I grew up in the same town and had lots of same, the same friends Yeah, and then never, but never met but until never, we started working together. Right. Uh, it was so weird. You know, like I had always, I had heard your name before from right. other people, but right. Same here. Yeah. Yeah. I, I we'd never run into Well, and, and, and just to put it in perspective, right. So seventies, eighties, nineties, you're looking at a town of during that growth period of, there were seven thousand, eight thousand, ten thousand. That's small. Yeah, <laughs> that, yeah. That's that's nothing. You know, right. now it's thirteen to fifteen, right? Mm -hmm. And you know, you would think, oh, that many people. You in in your own age group, you would know everybody. No, you don't. We did go to a different different schools, or mm -hmm. or you know. So, but we had so many, so many friends, friends that were in, like in our circle, like, right. you know, uh, I, I knew Grover Shipman, you right. know, right. Never knew. It was, yeah. it's just, I always find it really interesting because, cause it's just so funny that we had so many friends that were close friends that knew each other, but never, right. even as close as I was with Eric, who ended up being my brother-in-law, who, yeah, who <laughs> ended up being your brother-in-law, you know, Eric and I were, he was in a different school. I didn't know him till he came to us and was like, Hey, you know, you guys got 
cool cars. You know, can I hang out with you guys? We're like, oh, yeah, we got a car club. You guys want to join? You know, right. Eric and Eric. Mm-hmm. So, oh, yeah, yeah. you know, we had, you know, that's where I ran into Laughlin mm-hmm. at. So, yeah. So, I mean, and so we met at the Ozarks Limited Resources Cooperative. You essentially, uh, you know, put a bug in the ear of our boss. And that was how we met. And, right. uh, you know, if it, if it wasn't, you know, if it wasn't for Laughlin and it wasn't for you, you know, because you really took me under your wing a lot. Yeah. Um, there's no, no two ways about that. Because I was, I always felt that I was kind of the odd fish out, you know, because I hadn't really been a computer guy all my life, like a lot of those guys right. had. I, you know, and I was having to learn. Uh, and one of, you know, one of the interesting things and I'm, i know i'm going on a tangent we'll get back to to where we need to be but uh, you know one of the things that you know some of the things i've learned from you have carried over through my entire it career you know like i remember i don't remember what the problem was but i do remember uh, that heath and i had gotten into it about something and of course now if you if anybody knows heath right you're gonna know that, that that's not uncommon yeah uh, but we had gotten into it on something and and i was adamant from from my knowledge base, you know that I was right, and so forth. You did a just a phenomenal job of of coming in and saying, the reason you don't understand what's happening is because you don't know the history behind right. computers, and you're new to this, so that's why you don't understand what's happening. But see, you did it so well that you didn't bruise my ego in any way, shape, or form. You taught me a lesson that the history is super important right right i've taken that lesson in my life and be able, been able to up, apply it you know through a 20-year career in it because now i know well maybe i don't get the whole thing maybe everything that, that i think i know isn't necessarily 100 true so back then my naivete was that you know it just it's a one or a zero it's this way or it's that way right and i, I don't remember what we, we were troubleshooting something one day and you were like i remember you saying we know this to be true but it might not be right and i was just like boom and it's it's kind of like you know that's what got me that's one of the things that really got me hired at the co-op so like the director he's like say you have a superintendent that's having trouble with something you know explain to me how you would tell him you know that he's doing it wrong mm-hmm you know, so I went in and I said, okay, well, yes, you know, your email's not coming in because of, there's a configuration problem. Yeah, it's not your fault that something's happened, you know. Mm-hmm. But I walked it through and I was trying to explain all this, but I explained it all in layman terms. And when I got done with the, with that, the director looked at me and he was like, um, I see what your strong suit is. You're very good at explaining stuff in layman terms. And I was like, I am because I don't know the technical terms. <laughs> right. Right. So I have this feeling inside me. It's hard to say, but I can, I just feel it. Mm-hmm. If it's this or that, you know, that's, it's one of those things. It's like, I follow that feeling. I'm not always right, sure. but, it, but that's, what's helped me. And it's an, it's an intuition. Exactly. That, it's that, a, your gut. You, it's, you follow. It's that. And I follow it. And you know, this is, you know, I started, I got my professional start in 1995, uh, was going to college mm-hmm. um, where I wasn't supposed to be. 
Yeah, we should we should yeah. we should back up probably yeah. at the beginning. It's in that's one of the things that always happens on podcasts. I've found right. with with people that I'm interviewing that I know is that we have a tendency to just bird walk, you know, right. because yeah, there's just so bad. many fun things to talk about, and we don't get to catch up nearly often enough either. So, right. um, but but I, I want to kind of circle back around. Um, so you um, you grew up in Harris, and you were telling me a story about how your family got here. Yeah, yeah. So I did. I took a little jaunt, and uh, we'll, we'll we'll be real. It'll be real fast. So <laughs> my great 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 grandfather came from England. He was born in Edinburgh. Edinburgh. Oh wow! So he came to the United States, came into the Port of Louisiana in New Orleans. Him and his family. They ended up moving to Illinois. They lived in Illinois. They were farmers. He had my great-grandfather my great-grandfather was a farmer no he wasn't a farmer he was a train mechanic okay so that was one of the things that he did he decided he was going to be a farmer in the great depression he decided he was and there's my dog barking it's all right it's all good <laughs> he um he decided that he was going to farm in where's the best place to go farm Oklahoma. <laughs> so, <laughs> um, they Wait, packed, that Dust Bowl Central there? Yeah, yeah, it is. So, they moved the family to um, Oklahoma, had a farm. Then he decided, you know, he's like, I think I'm going to get back into the train business. One of the lo-, And he's like, one of the largest places for trains at the time, close to Oklahoma, was a place called Harrison, Arkansas. Really? Yeah. So yeah. we were a huge train hub. You're right. I've actually read an article on yes. this. You jogged my memory. Right. I remember reading about that because it's fascinating. It is. It is very fascinating. So like there's a the Miller's building. Mm-hmm. And none of people won't know where Harrison is, but Miller's. But that was the the train yard. All that was the train yard. Oh, and so there's pieces of it. Sense. You know, yeah. all of that is real flat. It was right there by the river. Mm-hmm. You know, all this stuff. So, I mean, if you go back and you peel that stuff back you can see like remnants of it like the the bypass that goes through harrison was the train that was the th- industrial park road that goes down that was the train that was the train the 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 rails but anyway he was coming um that him and his family were coming in there was a huge ice storm they were coming over they came up through osage and over gaither mountain mm-hmm. they get to gaither mountain which is about 10 miles outside of harrison wagon breaks the wheel busts off so they they're there. There was a, a doctor that lived and had several houses, mm-hmm. and so he decided that he talked to them and they and they broke out right, right in front of their farm, broke down, had several kids and wife and everything there, and there may have been some other people that were going along with them. And so they said, "Well, you can stay in this house, our old house." And so he ended up staying there. Well, then he decided he was basically going to be a, a carpenter. And so Hilldale, Arkansas, he built the schoolhouse. He built the boys and girls school. He built all this stuff. So he didn't make it to Harrison. Really? He, he made it 10 miles out of Harrison. <laughs> and, you know, my grandfather was there. He married my grandmother. My mm-hmm. They ended up moving to Kansas City where my father was born. They ended up moving back. Uh, mother, My mother was born at Hilltop. So, you know, and, and they still live there. You know, so uh, I was born here. Uh, my brother and sister were actually born in uh, Wichita, uh, Wichita, Kansas. But uh, they they were 14 and 16 years older than me. So I was uh, one of my friends. That's my dad. Why did you have this? You know, why did you have this kid so late in life? And he said, Well, he's my afternoon delight. So. <laughs> 
<laughs> no. And I was like, just just to be on the record, that song came out after I was born. So just 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 saying. Just, just saying. <laughs> That's awesome. How how was school for you here? I don't like. I didn't like school. I yeah. didn't. I didn't like it at all. I had uh, attention problems. I really didn't like. Uh, I didn't really like people raising their voice. And I had mm-hmm. a teacher my second grade year that would just. She was fresh out of school. Right, mm-hmm. she was. It was her first job, and she would just scream. Not at me, other people, but I didn't like it. I didn't like. I didn't like. Didn't like that. Sure, I'm not real big in confrontation. It takes quite a bit to get me riled up. But basically, I would cry. I'd mm-hmm. cry in school, and so she told my mother that you know I cried a lot at school. That I wasn't mature enough really to move on. This is in second grade. Second grade. So she convinced my mother to hold me back. And so the the big damning thing to this was my birthday was in November. The cutoff date was October. So I was already older than all the kids in my grade. Now they've held me back a year. Oh man. So I was a year I was a year to two almost two years older than people in my class, like the youngest people in my class. They didn't really ever diagnose me with uh, dyslexia. Mm-hmm. I really couldn't comprehend what I read at all. I had mm-hmm. trouble. I read. I never read at my current level. I still don't. I mean, it's it's. I read technical manuals and they they mean something to me. But you know, it's interesting you bring that up. So you know, uh, so you and I have worked together at at least a couple places over right, the years. Yeah. When we were working together at one at, at one of the places we were talking about this you were telling me about this and you were telling me about the you know the challenges you had reading and and everything that you described was something that i knew to be true for me like right. and, and i was 30 something at this point in my life listening to you talk about that a light bulb came on for me and i was like wait a minute holy moly I am dyslexic and now it all makes sense. Like right. it never made sense to me because I've never had, I've, I was pretty much a straight A student, but I couldn't read at the level. Uh, I couldn't right. re- read in comprehension, you know, I, just, just shoot me. Cause I had no confidence in it. Yeah. I didn't test well, Oh, uh, I never tested well, yeah. you know, all that kind of stuff. But I never understood why until right. we talked. And then I'm like, Oh my gosh. I mean, and that was a light bulb moment. And what really me. turned it on for me was Odie. Right, mm-hmm. so Odie was diagnosed with, with dyslexia. Mm-hmm. I'm pretty sure. Uh, straight A student. I think he was honors. He was really good. He did really good. But when he went back to school for his doctorate in, um, I don't know exactly what it is, but he, uh, what he did. But so, but, but yeah. basically, just to tell you what he does today, mm-hmm. he is the head researcher for the state of Tennessee in dyslexia. Nice. Right. Mm-hmm. And he said that working with me, it is kind of what changed his mind to go that route because he was going uh, on a psychology degree. Yeah. And then he went and got his master's and got his doctorate. But he said working with me did that because he saw it. He saw how bad I struggled. Mm-hmm. And one of the things when he graduated, <laughs> I don't know, I'll make it through this, but um, he sent me an email and said, hey, um, you know, I just want you to know I'm working on a, a um, you know, a cure for dyslexia so that um, our kids don't have to go through what we went through. Oh, man. And I mean, awesome. it was like right in the gut. <laughs> it was like, <laughs> oh, so but he's doing he's doing really good. I haven't talked to him that much. Uh, I kind of keep up with him on Facebook. But, yeah. you know, he was in 
and I never can say this word. I never can say the state, Ma- Massachusetts. Massachusetts. Yes. Yeah. It's horrible for me. He was up there, and then he ended up getting the job in uh, Chattanooga. Right. So, but yeah, the dyslexia. Uh, he's what really brought it out. He he said he could tell. He knew. He said they just misdiagnosed you. Mm-hmm. So, well, and so so you had those struggles in school as well as what you know what we would you know call ADHD today and ADD and yeah and so I forth. think they just called yeah they it wasn't the hyper part I was it was just a you know attention attention deficit disorder mm-hmm. that's the thing you know my mind is is always going right it's always thinking it, it, the best thing is and, and I know it's a it's a take from Rain Man and it's also a take but the one that really sticks out at me is Zach Galifianakis in the hangover mm-hmm. when he's counting cards <laughs> and all the all the geometry and all the algebra stuff's going on around that's how i feel all, all day every day mm-hmm. so i'm sitting here trying to work on something and focus on something and it's like you know what's the compression of this engine over here i mean yeah. it's like so i don't care about that why would i be even thinking about it mm-hmm. but you know it just constantly it constantly going through like right now i'm like why is my fucking dog barking (laughs) (laughs) so all right so so now i mean obvious i think most of us maybe all of us to some degree suffered in high school one way or another so i I just assume that things uh, got more complicated you know when you got to high school well it actually didn't really so but there was a penalty for that Mm -hmm. so i had good grades in school school was very easy for me Mm mm-hmm uh, since I was considered in uh, resource. Oh, you're a resource student. I was a resource student. So I wasn't allowed to take college prep courses based off of something, some stupid statement that I made in the seventh grade. Really? As a student, right. They came around and they asked me, hey, are you going to go to the vocational school that's here in Harrison? Are you going to go to the community college that's here? Or are you not going? And I said... I feel like I'll go to the the vocational school. And they're like, oh, okay, well, that's good. So the requirements to go into a vocational school are way different than even a community college. So that kind of stumped me, right? So so in seventh grade, they asked you that question? Yeah, and you took a little test, uh-huh. and you could, like, you they had this little bus that pulled up. And they took everybody in it, and it was like screwing bolts down and doing these mind tests and mm-hmm. stuff. And I did really well at it, uh, working with my hands. And uh, they kind of said, "Yeah, you might be good at te- at, at the vocational school." And I was like, "Oh yeah, I probably probably would." You know, I had no idea. So, I, seventh grade, I played football. Mm-hmm. Uh, eighth grade, I quit football. I took a after the whistle helmet to the sternum, cracked my sternum. Mm-hmm. Uh, started skateboarding. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I was a little punk thug that, you know, rode a skateboard and, and, you know, they didn't really, you know, I didn't, you know, really have, I wasn't one of the, so I don't want to say I wasn't popular, right? Mm-hmm. But I wasn't in the clicky popular crowd. Right. Everybody knew who Hal Borland was. Mm-hmm. And everybody liked Hal Borland. Well, mm-hmm. most people. There's some people who just want to watch the world burn, you know. I know. But <laughs> so, I mean, if you don't get on the Hal train, I mean, you're not going to you know. <laughs> That's right. But there were, everyone knew me. I was friends with everybody. I was friendly with everybody. But it wasn't, it wasn't like 
I was in the it crowd, right? Yeah, you, you, I, you weren't part of that crowd with the seven people that, that run the, the town. And, right. Uh, yeah, no, I, I didn't. I didn't want to be. Right. I was kind of. If it was something somebody else did, that you know, I would do the opposite. Mm-hmm. So anyway, um, yeah. So when I got to high school, uh, I was still skateboarding. So I, in the ninth grade, I went in and I was like, man, I, I like wood shop. And so in ninth grade, and at that time, the ninth grade, the junior high was across town. Mm-hmm. So in ninth grade, I got to take high school shop. And so they would bust me over to the to the school. And it was two hours. So it was two credit hours. Mm-hmm. So I'm already in the negative here, right? Right. Right. So yeah. I'm not going to go to college. Mm-hmm. Meantime, through this time, the college bought the vocation school. So now they're together, mm. right? Yeah. All those people that said, yeah, I think I'm going to go to the college, they all got like $1,000 grants mm-hmm. or scholarships to go. Yeah. The kids that said they wanted to go to Votech got dick. Really? Yeah. Nothing. 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 Wow. So I was like, hey, I'm going to go to college. And they're like, well, you've got to have all these prerequisites. And I was like, okay, I, I want to take algebra, right? Mm-hmm. That's something that you should have you should have if you're going to graduate. No. I was told no. Couldn't take geometry, couldn't take algebra. Um couldn't take uh chemistry. What was the rationale? I wasn't college bound. And so see, I I didn't find some of this out until after I worked for the school systems, mm-hmm. right? But so I was in resource, but the more business and ag and classes like that that they that I took mm-hmm. the more money the school got oh for taking them my mother went to the school and was like look he's really wanting to take algebra he's really wanting to take biology and chemistry and they said he's not ready he's not smart enough really right so my senior year Wait, wait, wait. Uh, yeah. your mom went to the school and discussed it with them, and they just said no, no. The counselors, the resource, the the mm. special ed or the resource, yeah, teacher. uh, teachers, and the principals, and they said no. Wow. So, I had okay. to take you know, um, I think it was like applied math, basic math stuff. Mm-hmm. I mean, just like, and there was some other science like just like the normal physical science like entry like every year in English and stuff like that. So I took wood shop mm-hmm. my 10th grade year and my 11th grade year too. So I was pretty good at wood working shop. with yeah. wood. I built a solid oak round leaf table for my mother and she mm-hmm. still uses it. Right. And it looks like someone's like, Hey, where'd you buy this? And they're like, man, my son built it oh, yeah, in high school. Awesome. Uh, when he took six years <laughs> of wood shop because uh, it was, two hours right. per class right. i took it for three years so uh my math skills tell me that that's six yeah <laughs> my public school accredited math says it's six so um i'm not salty about it at all <laughs> not, not a bit i can see that <laughs> but i mean high school was okay i got into cars mm-hmm. uh, my father was auto body so when i got old enough to to have a car you know uh Got into a low low rider car clubs, a lot of stereo equipment. My, mm-hmm. my ears are awful now. I can't hear anything. <laughs> I can hear the dog barking. Uh-huh. Um, <laughs> but you know, I, I did that a lot. A lot of my friends were graduated high school, 
mm-hmm. uh, already. I mean, so I had friends, like I said, everyone knew how, mm-hmm. but my friends were. I made friends outside of school, older friends, mm-hmm. and that's who I hung out with. Like I would leave school on a Friday afternoon after I'd get off. I worked at a fishing rod factory too. Oh, really? Yeah, I worked at a fishing rod factory. I made fishing rods. It was pretty. It was it was fun. Mm-hmm. It was just fun. But I, when I'd get off work there, I would drive to Fayetteville, and I would hang out all weekend long until Sunday. I'd come back just because the guy Mervin Fleshman, he's kind of a culture type deal over in Fayetteville now mm-hmm. I mean he's he's like in this big beard club and like everyone like he was in a calendar he's a big deal over there yeah he drives a Zamboni now I mean <laughs> at the I mean he was a mentor to me so so school I just didn't really care for it because I was I was written off so many times mm-hmm. that I was gonna work in uh, you know uh you know trade labor I mean you know just mm-hmm trade skill top i was stuff. actually talking with um tim jackson earlier today um and he went to harrison as well um and you'd be amazed he tells almost an identical story right. to you um uh, without the dyslexia and, and, you know stuff you know basically his school counselor told him um you have basically three options for what you can do in life and that's be a bricklayer um you can do construction uh or you can be a trash guy collector those those are the things that you yeah. can do right um, they didn't well so they didn't even give me an option really right they didn't tell me what i could do at all you know they're like well you might work with your dad <laughs> i mean really you know wow. and that would have been something great i mean i would have learned a trade mm-hmm. that would have been great and he could have passed on to me to tools and shop and all that stuff you know mm-hmm. and um he's 80 he's getting ready to be 81 years old and oh his shoulders are completely wrecked because yeah. holding up doors and stuff like that to level them and yeah. stuff now he did learn all that in the 60s when the when a door to a car weighed up <laughs> 250 pounds <laughs> Are you telling me life's a little different these days? Oh yeah, it's it's lazy. <laughs> I complain about my ankles. I'm wearing like these these little tight things on my feet because my ankles hurt so bad. Oh yeah, the like compression socks. Yeah, yeah. I I've had some some. I'm gonna rhyme this and not mean it, but I've had some bouts with gout myself. Yeah. And man, I'll tell you what, some of those compression socks, whoo, they help. Yeah. So you moved. So so you finished high school. Uh, I did. Yeah. I graduated high graduated. school. Graduated with. Uh, uh, Right around a three point something. Yeah. I mean, just like a three. I mean, it was two eight or three. I mean, I don't. I don't know. I yeah. didn't care. I mean, right. I was like, you know. So one of the things, some of our friends that we knew that we didn't, know, mm-hmm. we didn't know each other. A lot of the band guys, like uh, my cousin, who <laughs> I sound like I'm going to pass away, Chris Jenkins. <laughs> oh yeah. You know, and Jason Dickey and all those guys. Mm-hmm. You know, when I walked across the stage, you know, at graduation, they all held up the sign that said "No Cell." You know, mm-hmm. meaning that there's not a a a diploma in your thing, mm-hmm. which there was totally. A t- I mean, I looked I was on the stage. <laughs> yeah. I was like, I just want to make sure they didn't get the one last laugh on me, right? Yeah. And not give it to me. Uh, I actually got to wear a cord at graduation. Oh yeah. So I got to wear a white cord, and that means that you are secretary or treasurer. And I was, I was one uh, thanks to John Bowman mm-hmm. that thought it was funny to joke around and put me in. As the secretary, as one of the secretary treasurer, and everyone's like, "Yeah, I think it's fun." So they, yeah. <laughs> they nice. all, they all. So I got a cord. You know, that was pretty neat. Yeah. Uh, so 
All right. So what did you do after you left high school? I, I did so poorly on my, uh, not ACT, but it was like an ACT. But for the community. SATs or whatever? No, it, it was an ACT, but it was for the community college. It was like an... Ex- uh, oh, I know the one you're talking about. An asset test. The asset test. Yeah. I did so bad on that because I just got back from Fayetteville because, you know, I <laughs> told you of I went course. over there. And I was like, shit, I forgot about this, you know, and I got there and I did really bad on it. Plus, I'm horrible at taking tests. Mm-hmm. Um but I got in. I got. I got to go to. I got to go to to North Art, mm-hmm. um, North Art, North Arkansas Community College. Um, the one thing that did play good into about me having um, special, oh resource resource stuff yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. is during high school I got to work for JTPA. Mm-hmm. Most people when they worked for JTPA they were like we're going out to. So you either had to be low income. Or you right. had to be have something like that, and, I, and since I was in the special ed program, gotcha. I got to go. So ironically, guess what I I did instead of going out and clearing the trails of the Buffalo National River. No, what'd you do? I became a tutor. Really? Yeah. For three summers, I was a math tutor for kids that were just like me. How was that? It was amazing. It was really good because I went to that program when I was a kid in the right. summer. And so I had so much respect for the tutors. Mm-hmm. But, you know, I had trouble because I, I I was mainly on math and science. Mm-hmm. Uh, but most of the kids there needed reading. Yeah. You know, some of them needed math. And I was good at math. Mm-hmm. I was really good at math. Even though they wouldn't let you take out. Even though they wouldn't let yeah. me take it. And and, and my college experience, uh-huh. it, we'll explain a little bit of that here just in a second. <laughs> so, you know, I did that, and uh, that was one of the benefits of having that. And so I, I was a tutor uh, for, it was two years, for two years for JTPA, and I, I tutored in math and reading. It helped me, mm-hmm. and uh, it was really good. It was a great program. I really enjoyed it. So the second time I got the benefit of being in this program is – I got to have a Pell Grant, <laughs> right? Nice. Yeah. Because, you know, you either have to be low income or mm-hmm. special. And I don't want to say special needs because I wasn't special needs. I, mm-hmm. I, I was just. You just have I to was, be in the resource program. I was labeled. Or, or, I was yeah. tagged that by, by a new teacher in the second grade. I was, I was stamped like cattle in elementary school. And I wore that plug in my ear until I quit college, basically. Mm-hmm. So the good thing is I got a Pell Grant. The second thing I got was I got to work at the school because of the same reason. Mm-hmm. So this is where everything changed. So I've always had a computer. Mm-hmm. My my parents, they had a business. So uh, they bought an Apple IIe. Oh, I had one of those. And it was amazing. I wrote little programs. Mm-hmm. You know, it'd say, what's your name? And it would come in there and you type in your name and it would say, Elliot Eats Doo Doo. Right. Just exactly. over and over and over and over and over. You know, that's what I would do. One of the things in the third grade that I did is I made a um, Rolodex. Actually oh. wrote a program for a Rolodex and I put everybody in my class's name in it, mm-hmm. their telephone number and their address, stuff like that. When I was like in the third or fourth grade. Nice. So, but I remember I'm dumb. So now you're in college. I'm in college. They're like, hey, you know, you can apply for any of these jobs. Well, I see that there's one um, 
well, I kind of missed that. So in high school, my my junior my junior senior year, I really got into computers. Mm-hmm. I had a little BBS. Right. People would dial into it. And That's got, a bulletin board system. Yeah, for all for, for all, all millennials <laughs> out there. For everybody back before the internet, <laughs> you used to have to dial up with a really slow modem, mm-hmm. and you had to dial other people. You because there wasn't an internet. I mean, there was, but it was at college campuses, and it was it was very different. It was very different. Very different. But anyway, so I, I had that. So I was really into computers. So I was like, "Ooh, there's a job I can do." I can work in the computer lab. Also during this time, there was a dial-up internet through North Ark. You could call a telephone number, and when you logged on to it the first time, it would immediately put you to the University of Arkansas. And so you were on the internet. Mm-hmm. And you could go to, you could get an email address. Like at the, there was some free nets, they called it, like Tallahassee free net. I was working at the college. I had an email at the college. So this was 1994, uh, fall of 1994. They're like, hey, have you seen this Mozilla? It's a web browser. And I'm like, oh, is it like Archie? And uh, here, here you go. Here's another throwback for you. Uh-huh. Before web browsers, it was all curses and curses stuff. Mm-hmm. And you could connect to all these things like that free net and it was like a text browser is what you would consider it today sure. and there was irc rooms and all this stuff and you could talk to people so irc's internet relay uh, <laughs> relay chat for any of you that may not know <laughs> yeah uh, uh, and th- that's actually one of the places where i cut my teeth before i came and visited you know before i, right. I got on um that was how, one of the reasons why laughlin was able to convince me that i could do that job was yeah. because I I had spent a lot of time, you know, slapping people around with a large fish. With a large fish, yeah. With a trout. So. Right, yeah. So that's all a little bit before that, too. So we're all in here, and so they show me this web browser with a with a dinosaur on it, Mozilla. Mm-hmm. You know, and I'm like, this is amazing. And I worked in the computer lab there, and I helped people basically print, you know, their <laughs> their documents. Uh-huh. And so um, here again, remember, I'm, I'm not really good at school. Mm-hmm. I remember, like I said earlier, about the Excel or what was the it? Asset the asset test. The asset test. Mm-hmm. So I, I, I failed it pretty bad. The only reason I know that is because when I went to school at North Ark, they made me take an asset test yeah. too. So. Yeah. They still do it. Yeah. So uh, basically, two year college, getting mm-hmm. that, get an associate's degree. Based on my scores and my school and my class that I had, I basically had two years of catch up to do, mm-hmm. just to go start take to two year the two year stuff. And I also had a job there, which lowered my 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 tuition. Um, so I spent had to spend like I don't know four hours a day in the in the resource room mm-hmm. and going through and doing all like algebra and the stuff that I asked to take. But the one thing I decided, because I was going to do, I was going to do electronics. Mm-hmm. Technic- I was going to go to be electronic, not engineer, but it was that's what I'd call it. It was a track. Yeah. So basically we were soldering stuff and desoldering stuff. So I took my first semester, I took algebra one or pre-algebra, pre-algebra and electronics 101. So I was doing electronics 101 and I got the highest grade in that class I'd ever gotten in any class ever. It was like 130% or something like that mm-hmm. in that class. In the electronic, uh, electronics 101 class, it was all math. It was algebra. Mm-hmm. Really, it was algebra. 
I failed the algebra class. I draw had to drop out. Really? But I made a hundred and thirty, hundred and twenty, hundred and thirty percent in the electronics class right. because it was practical, right? Mm-hmm. It was practical. That's what I needed. Um. Also, uh, I had done a small jaunt when I was in high school. Um, one of my teachers started a paper mm-hmm. in town, a little penny paper that you know you could print and do stuff. Yeah. Well, I was in the yearbook stuff, and I knew how to do a do- uh, Aldous page maker. Mm-hmm. Yeah, we're going way back here. <laughs> so I knew how to do uh, two-page spreads real good. So I ended up making this paper. So desktop publishing. Oh. Right. So desktop publishing. So I take a desktop publishing class. Mm-hmm. I fail it. I fail Your desktop the desktop publishing class. One, because I was an extremely cocky asshole. Because why would I need to do this? Sure. Because I've printed hundreds of papers during high school. I've done all my yearbook stuff. I know how to do this. I know it. Mm-hmm. I know the, the newer the newer ways of doing stuff. You know what? You know, that's just my arrogance. And I'm not really arrogant that much, but I... I'm pretty down to earth, but I, I was in this case because anytime I could get a little chance where I felt like I was a, had a little bit of advantage, I kind of took it. But yeah, I, I failed that. I ended. Up, I mean, I didn't fail it. I dropped out. Yeah. I, just I, I dropped out of the class just like I did with the algebra. Mm-hmm. Um, but it was hilarious, right? Because like the director, the manage, the network manager, the head of the computer uh, support of North Ark. His name is Rick Williams. Mm-hmm. He's one of the largest mentors to me. He's what made me want to be a systems administrator. Really? He is it. I wanted to be a, a Novell Netware certified because that's what he was. Sure. And I would sit in his office and we would talk about it. The ironic thing was, is my desktop publishing class was over on the sliding glass door. He had blinds and I would actually open it up and look at the class <laughs> I was supposed to be in, but I was in his office. Nice. And he still tells that story to people really? that he's like, yeah, he goes, how he, you know, he didn't finish college, but he was one of the smartest guys I knew because he could do all this stuff that I went to school for and he was just doing it and he'd never done it. I did that for two years, a year and a half. I got a summer internship at the local hospital mm-hmm. and that was because of my brother-in-law at the time. He was the director of uh, purchasing mm-hmm. and he talked to me into saying, Hey, you want this guy? And so I worked at the North Arkansas Regional Medical Center actually implemented their very first email system. Nice. And um, it was based off of the same thing they ran at North Ark, really? which was like Pegasus Mail. I was going to ask this. If, it was, if it was Pegasus Mail because, <laughs> yeah. you know, I mean, it, it, for, it, for any any of anybody listening that, that knows how this all falls together, right? Uh, Pegasus Mail, P-Mail was what, you know, you used if you used Novell. Right. 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 Generally. Not generally. not always, but generally it yeah. was because it was included in the in the right. cost and all that. It was actually some shareware too, so you could really get into the oh, you know, yeah. it was good. But yeah, yeah, I put that in and um they had uh internet pop there and so I was working for there, working you know, working there too, and then I was working at the college when college just, when it came back around. Some people knew about me. There was a job opening at American Freightways, which is now FedEx Freight. I applied for an internship there. Oh, okay. And I got it. Mm -hmm. And so I worked for a month, just a month. They had a small project, and I I could have kept on working there, right? Mm -hmm. They had a mainframe. They had, like, OS2 warp, Mm -hmm. token ring, all this stuff. And I'm like, this stuff's old as the hills, man. (laughs) This stuff is old. Right. 
I don't, I don't want to work on this. I said, Windows 95 is coming out. We're doing 10 base T. Yeah. We're doing the internet's coming around. And it's like, you know, wow, you know, I just, I just can't do that. Well, another mentor of mine, um, was in the process of going back to school and, uh, he was basically the head technical person for the OUR co-op. Mm-hmm. It's Russ Hopkins, Russell Hopkins. I was a sysop there on his system mm-hmm. trying to help people too because of the working at the college and they were signed tied together. And so he said, Hey, you know, would you, would you want to come talk to me? And I was like, yeah, yeah, sure. And so I'm, I'm perfectly fine at American Freightways. Cause I mean, if you worked at American Freightways in Harrison, Arkansas, it's the largest place to work, right? You know? Yeah. It, and, it was... and you can have a career there. Mm-hmm. You can have a career there until you retire. And, and most of the people who worked there were very good, well off. And it was great. I mean, that was like, why would you leave there? You sure. know, why would you leave it? So you get, you got to realize though, that this is the wild, wild west of the internet. Oh yeah. It is absolutely. the birth. You know, it was crazy. So he pulls me in, we go and we sit down and talk. And, and there was an article in Wired magazine that came out that was like the most connected state in the Union, Arkansas. Yeah. Right? Yeah. yeah. So every school in Arkansas, there was there was co-op cooperatives throughout the state, mm-hmm. 15 or 20 of them. Those cooperatives handled so many schools. Mm-hmm. So Russell was saying, you know, he, Russ said he, you know, we've got a internet service provider here, and we also have twenty one schools that we service, and we do all their computer stuff. They pay so much to the co op in their grant money, and we, um, we do their computer work. It's like okay, that's cool. And so he, we do a little, we do a few things, and then he came back and he said, hey, we'll, you know. Come back, talk to the director. And we said, okay, I came back, talk to the director. He had some questions for me. Went through, you know, basically how to explain mm-hmm. to people, you know, how stuff was broken, even if it's in an awkward situation when it's like, you don't just go, well, that's an ID 10 T error, you big <laughs> dummy. You know, you know, uh, you know, well, you know, I'm not your- going to explain the ID 10 T error for anybody listening. You just go Google it. Yeah. Yeah. Google it. <laughs> we'll offer you a salary of this much money. A, uh, you get mileage for driving to the schools, mm-hmm. pr- health benefits, and retirement. And it, it, they also paid a per diem, right? If you were like, you know, like, yeah, you, you know, if yeah. you were gone, if you, you were said, gone, right. if you were outside of your area, they did a per yeah, diem. Yeah, so there, there yeah, so some. there was there was some benefits. I mean, my 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 mileage checks were, and sometimes most almost as much as my paychecks, right? Because it's rural Arkansas. It's rural we, Arkansas. Know, we, we, it was 21 school districts. 21 school districts. care of when I was Eureka there. Springs, Arkansas, mm-hmm. to, you know, east to west. So east to west, it was Cotter, Arkansas, to Eureka Springs, Arkansas. Mm-hmm. North to south, it was from Omaha, Arkansas, mm-hmm. to Witt Springs, Arkansas. <laughs> and if you really want to look up something that's really good, look up these two words, Witt Springs, Arkansas, and Charles Manson. That's, that's all you need to look up. Just look up there. You know, yeah, yeah. You know. It's just not far from Snowball. So. Yeah, yeah, it's not. Yeah. yeah. yeah I actually had to go out there a couple of times. Did you ever actually have to go to Witt yeah. Springs? Yeah. Oh, yeah. I had to oh, go out there man. a lot. Yeah. yeah. It, was, uh, it was something else. And I liked going because... 
the mileage check was great. Oh yeah, down here and and and, and really got going down sixty five. Marshall's actually farther, but when you got to go to Whit Springs, mm. it is in the armpit, man. There is nothing close to it. Nothing, nothing, nothing. At all. Yeah, it's... and I mean, you got to drive past the place that Charles Manson wants to retire <laughs> yeah. to get to Whit Springs. It, it is. Uh, I don't think I'd be going out on a limb to say it's the most remote place I've ever had to work. Right, like, as far yeah. as. As far away from everything right. and not easy to get to. Now, Russ left shortly after. Russ there, left. Right? He, they hired me to take over for him because he was going back to school, mm-hmm. moving to Conway and going back to school. Uh, my manager was Bruce Stafford, uh, not Stafford, Bruce Stewart. Mm-hmm. Um, he was, he, he, I grew up, he lived right by me mm-hmm. growing up. I didn't know him. He had kids my age, but, uh, I didn't know him that much, but he was, he was a great mentor too. Mm-hmm. And, uh, so I, I did random stuff. I did, uh, we, we supported everyone's network servers. So Novell servers, right? which my goal when I was in college and like, this is my goal. Mm-hmm. I want to be before I'm 30. I want to be a certified, a network certified or a Nobel certified engineer. I want to work at a school as a system administrator. And I want to make $40,000. Right. So I set that by the time I'm 30, got a job at the co-op. Mm-hmm. And I became an, a school's network administrator 21 times. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Check. Yeah. I mean, we did everything. We did everything. You know, if, the, if, it, if it revolved around technology, there were very few things we didn't do. I mean, right. I mean, we installed software. We we ran cables. We built we, new computers we, for entire classrooms. Yeah, I mean, I remember the time that I shorted we, out a motherboard because I didn't know that I was supposed to put some <laughs> some washers on. The, you know, oh yeah, 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 yeah. yeah, and, I, yeah. and I just blew the motherboard. And, yeah, and I was I was devastated because I you know I've always been kind of a perfectionist, so doing something like that, you know, and I remember you because you came in into the into that the front area there, and, and I was like I didn't know you had to to do this i can't believe i blew this motherboard and you're just like oh you're not a real technician until you blow your first motherboard yeah yeah another one of my good lines is well that'll teach you <laughs> that's another that, that's another one and i use that one in uh, child rearing too anytime abby does something stupid i'm like well that'll teach you and that's because my my father did that to me mm-hmm. credible hulk you know he's really huge right now yeah. You know, well, back in the seventies, he was really huge because he had a television show. Mm-hmm. I remember. So I bought like the had these like blow up Incredible Hulk muscles. Uh-huh. I was probably four or five, and I'm jumping, I'm jumping into the couch. I'm like, rah, jumping into the couch. My dad's sitting in his blue chair, drinking his coffee, and I jump in, and there's a spring. It's an old, old, old couch, and it pokes my muscle. And I look at him and I start to cry. My dad's got his coffee in his hand. He drinks it and he goes, well, that'll teach you. <laughs> you that's, know, that's how I live my life. It's funny you say that, you know, because <laughs> so when I was growing up, uh, I would do the same kinds of things in regards to I would be up all night or whatever. Well, on weekends, 
Saturdays especially were the day that that my dad felt that it was his day to be able to have me do whatever he needed me to do, right? And don't get me wrong, I got out of more work than my fair share throughout <laughs> the years. I did not do I didn't do a quarter of the work that my brothers and sisters did. I was by far the lazy one. I remember one morning, it was one Saturday morning, dad's like, "Oh, we need to go do this. We need to go do that." And I was like, "Dad, I was up till like 3 in the morning." And he just looked at me and he said, Suck it up and go on, son. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. You chose to stay up till 3 a.m. You suck it up and go on. And I was like, oh, I hate that saying. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> you know, but now it is in my brain. I yeah. hear it now, right? Suck it up and it go is. on. Yeah, you made the decision. Like... You do this, you know, and so forth. So, yep. uh, yeah, that'll yeah. teach you. <laughs> that'll, te- that'll, that'll teach you. You know, we had lots of those, uh, you know, during that. So uh, when I first started there, you know, it was just me. There's only one technician for 21 schools. That that's not for, enough. No, that went on for quite a while. There was all a lot of side projects and stuff that I did mm-hmm. too. Sure. Uh, we started we started an ISP in Harrison. Mm-hmm. I, you know, it was pretty fun and it was kind of squirrely. Yeah. And it was that, that risk stuff. And it was, like I say, the Wild Wild West. Yeah, it was just a different time in IT, and if you weren't there, it's really hard it's to hard, understand. It's hard to understand. Yeah. Um, it, it really is. And, and I came to the party late, too. I mean, yeah. I, I didn't get in, into it until 1998, right? Right. And so, you know, other than uh, playing Ancient Anguish and, and, and things yeah. like that, yeah. <laughs> it's a text-based game, kids. Anyway, <laughs> but I, I never, you know, I came into it way late, but even then... Was, I was still very early. Yeah, I was still really, still really, really early. There weren't very many um, computer trespass things that had happened to that point, right. you know, and it was so the Wild West because nobody really understood, you know, computer forensics weren't really a thing. Right. You know, you could get, I mean, get away with stuff. Everybody pirated everything. It was just, yeah. it was, it was a different mentality altogether. It was just different. You know? Right. There's it was, no, it was, it was really, it was, like I said, it was the Wild Wild West. It was fun. Yeah, I mean, I remember the first time I found Google, and it wasn't because somebody said, "Hey, go look at this." It was right. because if you remember back in the day, you would just sit there at a web browser and type stuff in type to stuff see in. if there was a website that right. would do that. You know, you know, I used Alta Vista. That was like the big thing, mm-hmm. and before that, it was like web crawler. Yeah. You know, those were some of the big ones. But you know, you, you could. They weren't very good. I mean, no. they didn't index everything. It was you know, it was yeah. just different stuff. Yeah, so was, InfoSeek was always my favorite. InfoSeek, I yeah. loved InfoSeek. Yeah. You know, and then somebody told me that uh, Northern Lights indexed more of the web than anybody else. Right, and so I started using Northern Lights some, you know, for that as well. But yeah, yeah and it still wasn't as good. Still wasn't as good. When in in '98, when Go- when Google, mm-hmm. when it when it popped on the on the, I mean, it was a game changer. It was. It There's really was. It, it was really shitty looking, but it mm-hmm. was a game changer. Yeah. You were the only one at the co-op for a while, but then they needed to get more people. Yeah. They needed to get more people. Um, we had came up with a program basically to say, hey, the schools were getting more grant money. They were getting they were getting more government, government money for networks and stuff. And so there was these, these uh, grants they would get for their networking and system mm-hmm. stuff like that. We decided we needed to hire a few people. Mm-hmm. Well, so... We did have one person. He he, he th- we paid him. Mm-hmm. The problem was, this is in the fifth or when we first met him, he was like in the fifth grade, <laughs> right? We the director knew his family. He I went out there. I went out Sorry. to the school and to do some work on the server. And this kid pulls up on a four wheeler. 
In fifth grade? In fifth Seriously? grade, yeah. He gets, yeah, he gets off of the food and he comes over and he goes, hey, do you want me to you want me to show you around? And I was like, okay. It's the first time I've been to the school. They didn't ever really need any help. I'm going to guess that this was Bruno Payette. This is Bruno Payette, another really small place. Yeah, over by Yellville. Okay. Yep. So um, this kid walks me into the superintendent's office and he goes, here's the server. And it's having problems and I've been working on it, but I can't fix it. So anyway, we go on, we get them fixed and I'm like, Hey, why don't you just keep telling me, you know, it, you know, if there's a problem out here, you know, just let me know and we'll figure it out. And so maybe we can figure something, figure something out. And he said, Oh yeah. Yeah. Hey, could I, you think I could get a job at the co-op? And this is like fifth or sixth grade. Right. <laughs> I mean, so anyway, this kid, yeah. he, he works for us mm-hmm. throughout his school career. Right. You know, and later he becomes, he comes in to the co-op and then when he graduates, you know, uh, high school, he still works for the co-op and he's like one of the senior guys there, you know, at this point. Mm-hmm. But I mean, it was the first meeting. He just roars up on this, this four wheelers. It's Charlie Richardson. Yeah. And he, he's, uh, <laughs> he's one of our mutual friends, you know, and, uh, he worked for me. And, and Elliot's worked for him. <laughs> yeah, you know, and that's, it's funny. So, And I've worked for him because I, I've done web stuff for him. Right. Yeah. It's, you know, it's kind of funny, though. Uh, even though, uh, you know, I've worked for you, I've worked for Charlie, um, you know, it never, ever feels like I'm working for you guys, though. No. Right? You know, because no. we... we, we I, I kind of feel like that, that co-op group was kind of a special group. We in, were. In, in some respects, because we cared about each other in the same kind of way as we cared about doing a good job too. Right. right? And right. so there, there was kind of a special bond there, you know, yeah. and obviously, uh, Eric took it a little far in marrying my sister, but, yeah. um, <laughs> <laughs> he really liked you. He really wanted to get that close to you. <laughs> <laughs> you, you guys hired, I remember. So we, yeah, we, we hired him. Um, then we decide we come up with this, we, we needed more people. They kind of made me a supervisor, mm-hmm. right? Because Bruce left, and we needed a we needed a supervisor over the computer part. We he he also was the copier guy. So we had they hired a copier guy, but he knew nothing about computers. So they got me, and they said, "Well, you're going to be the lead, basically the lead for the computer stuff. We need to get some more people." Mm-hmm. So I interviewed quite a few people. I was like, "Hey, I know this dude. He works." He works out at Mass, um, you know, was a local defunct company now. And, uh, Mass Merchandisers back then, then, yeah, then it became McKesson. McKesson right? and I don't think it even exists now, does it? Uh, McKesson does, but it doesn't. Oh, Our gotcha. local yeah. one doesn't. They sold it off. Mm-hmm. Um but uh, so we interviewed Eric Laughlin. Mm-hmm. Uh, so he was our first hire mm-hmm. uh, after me. And he, yeah, and, and he was working at at uh, Mass Merchandisers Graveyard Shift. Yeah, right. And he was he out of high school by that point. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he he so, was out of high school. And so, so he so, was a year behind me. <clears throat> so okay. he wasn't. He he. It was like ninety six or ninety seven when we hired him. Mm-hmm. Uh, ninety six probably because then then I met. At the school, I had to go out to a school because there was a computer problem in a business lab, mm-hmm. Alpena, Arkansas. So I go out there, and there's a student in the room with the business teacher, and they're sitting there and they're looking and they're like, "All the computers are blue screening," and the first, the number one screen would go off, and it would just go pump, 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 just down all the way to twenty five in order. We'd get them all booted, and they would all go down. 
So the student who was a senior was there. His name was Kevin Colliver. <laughs> and he said, I bet this is Frankie Youngblood. I oh. bet he's he's not here today. Uh-huh. I bet you he's doing this. I was like, how could he be doing it? I knew how he was doing it. Uh-huh. Now, you know, I knew how he was doing it. Right. So there was a thing called um, TCP nuke, <laughs> wind nuke. And there was a, there was a deficiency or a, a vulnerability in Windows 95 that if you sent a malformed packet to a special port, it would blue screen it. Mm-hmm. And so someone wrote this tool that would do it. And so he said that Frankie was probably doing it. So we finally get it stopped and get it fixed and everything and go on about our business. So I've got a student in Bruno Payette that I could lean on. I've got a student in Alpina I can lean on because Kevin, I would just say, hey, Kevin, just go do this. And I had students like that mm-hmm. throughout. And then we hired Eric. We also hired um, Adam uh, Archer. Um, and he left. He he had left. He ended up coming back. Mm-hmm. Uh, he works at Harrison Public Schools now. He still he? works in the in the same field and everything. But anyway, he basically all he did was stay in the shop all day and build PCs. Mm-hmm. He didn't really go out do server stuff. He did PC stuff. We were trying to break it apart. Well, then um, the director, not the director. What are they called? Technology coordinator. Oh yeah. yeah. Um, uh, Dave Borg. Uh, he got to be the technology coordinator. And me and him came up with an idea that was called a uh, admin for a day. Mm-hmm. And I did all this math. And it said, okay, basically that we would charge the schools $2.20. And so $2.20 and or $2.99 per student mm-hmm. per day for someone to come and work. Because up until that time, it was just free. Right, yeah. you went out there, but you had to pay for. You had to cover your parts, mm-hmm. or a department was going in the hole. Yeah, and it looked like it was going in the hole because of because of people not paying their parts and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. There were a lot of other legal stuff that went on later, but I don't know much about. It all happened after me, but anyway. Mm-hmm. So it um, <clears throat> we came up with this idea for that, and and the reason why I came came up with that was that's when I found out by me being in business classes and rec classes and all this in high school that those departments were getting money uh, yeah. because I was in there. I got you. And so being the salty bastard that I was, <laughs> You're I like, here, here, I've got a great model. Something I learned. You. I learned this. <laughs> this is mine. You know, it's yeah. like that, that gift where it's like someone reaches over and they grab this thing and go, Ooh, that's nice. He gets it. He turns to the next person and goes, I made this. <laughs> yeah. You know, and that's exactly what I did. Um, but I did it well enough that they said, hey, well, then you need to be the supervisor of the group. And I was like, "My, that's a perfect idea. I will. Around this time, I started presenting um, at um, the state technology conferences. Mm-hmm. And I did some security ones where, like, one of them was the weirdest thing. It was, like, totally, totally crazy. I brought a server in, and I just I, there were people standing outside the conference room. This was at um, Hot Springs Technical Institute. Yeah, it was and one they, of my favorite places to present they or were, go. Yeah, they were standing outside, and I'm like, "We're going to hack into this server." And we hack into it, and they were like, "Haha, it wasn't really the server. We hacked into this server, and it was like someone's live server." And they were just like, Arr. you know, they were like flipping out, you know. Yeah. And so that got me a lot of clout with security, starting getting into security. And this this was 
a loose term. A loose term in there because we had a lot of little hackers. We had a lot of little hackers. And, you know, school districts do. School districts do. I mean, you know, I mean, you know, I, 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 after I left the co-op and I, I still stayed in education for another few years, um, you know, and we dealt with it mm-hmm. nonstop, you know, all the time because they're learning. They're it, learning. It, it makes That's how we sense. did it. That's yeah. how we learned. That's mm-hmm. exactly how we learned. Except I got to catch them <laughs> and it was fun. Right. And I caught a lot of them. Mm. I caught one one time kid at Harrison High School and I caught him and ended up going and, and taking a bunch of stuff and to them and showing and uh, um, it was pretty funny because later on down the road uh, this person applied for a job at the company that I was working for and they came to me and they say hey this person says they know you and I said did you ask them how they know me <laughs> they're like no how do you know him I said I caught him hacking <laughs> and he's like what I said yeah we caught him hacking and they're like oh well is he and I was like yeah he's a good guy I said, he's, he's a real good guy. I mean, he's he's smart. He's real smart. And I still work with him today. <laughs> yeah. And he's he's a goober, but <laughs> he's it's yeah. funny. So so all right, so the um you know, I I I can't remember if I left the co op before you did, I or not. I left. You left. So I left. My last big push was so this was Y two K, right. Oh, Y two K foo. Y two K foo. You know, we came up with this program, we did this, and we wrote, had a website and all this thing because the world was going to end, right? Mm-hmm. So in November of 1999, I took a job with the East Project. Oh, that's right. <laughs> not they, well, not with the exist? East. Yes, they do, and they're very big. Now. Awesome. Okay. Yeah. Um, I didn't take a, I should take that back. I did not take a job with the East Project. I took a job with the vendor that was the main vendor for the East project, like which was Wel- was Wellsco. Wellsco. We sold in Telegraph. In Telegraph, okay. And so I took a job with them. I was going to be writing some curriculum for System, administ- system Administration 101, Windows System Administration 101. Okay. I also was a East Lab installation mm-hmm. um, engineer. And then I worked with... I work. I did uh, at the East Conference. They had their they had uh, conferences, and so I I worked to those and stuff like that. But the funny thing was, is that company was in Paragool, Arkansas, and that's all the way over just at an hour and a half north of Memphis, Tennessee. Mm-hmm. But I got to stay in Harrison. So not only did I get to stay in Harrison, I got to stay in the office building that I had been in for the last five years at the co-op. At the co-op, I just got my own office. I remember that, now. and so. Okay. There was lots of drama going on around the same time. Yes. Um, and uh, but it was funny because I was in the building and I didn't have to listen to anybody, right? Because I was there. I was a, I was a, I wasn't in education at all. Right. I was a private. I was a. An, I was an employee of a private company mm-hmm. that just happened to have a office in. So anyway, you know, I did that. Uh, and so for the month of um, the month of December. I took all my vacation because I had a bunch of vacation. Mm-hmm. So I took, because I never got to take vacation. I took all my vacation. So I was actually unemployed because I, I didn't start my new job until January like 3rd. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So I was unemployed during Y2K. <laughs> Everybody else was freaking out. Right. And I was just sitting there going, man, this is great. Mm-hmm. So I, 
I ended up working for um, Wells Co. I worked for them for eight months. Mm-hmm. I got to go to Hawaii. I installed two labs in Hawaii. I installed 17 labs in that um, eight-month period. I worked so, for eight months. Well, after you left uh, Wells Co., is that when you went to? I went to American Freightways. American Freightways. So I went back to American Freightways, and if you go, if you left American Freightways and you came back to American Freightways, they always refer to you as a retread. Mm, nice. <laughs> so um, I came in as a Windows administrator. So I, I, the one thing that I, I've, I've not mentioned in this entire time was, so I was really big into Novell. Mm-hmm. That's what got me into the sysadmin stuff. But we also had Linux servers, mm-hmm. right? So this was like Linux was brand new. We had dial-up modems and stuff like that, and and dial for ISPs, and I really got into Linux. And I had tried multiple times to get on at American Freightways because they needed Unix administrators, and I would go in there with my four and five years experience with Linux, and they would kind of laugh at me and say, "That's not a real Unix operating system. Yeah. It's not a real operating system." So I was like, you know, okay, fine, whatever. I know Windows. Um, I got hired on as a Windows and Exchange admin, uh, administrator. Mm-hmm. And so there was one other person that did that job. And uh, I got hired on. It took a while. I started in August, uh, but I left Wells Co. and went there. Uh, I've been there ever since. Yeah. So um, uh, in August, I'll have been there for 20 years. And we went from American Freightways to FedEx Freight. Um, I moved over into FedEx services and then, uh, it's still in FedEx services. Yeah. And so that was where we ended up, uh, working together again. Was, yeah. Was yeah. So that was one of the things is we, we started off, um, and, uh, I was a windows guy, right? Yeah. But I was really a Linux guy. You were, I, I was a, a, a rabid Linux guy. Mm-hmm. Right. And it, it kind of just soul crushing because i was a windows <laughs> sure. admin, admin so uh about six months into working for american freightways we got bought mm. by a little known company <laughs> yeah called federal express yeah which was remarketing themselves as fedex that's right one of the funniest things was is this is so this is you know life story here you know i'm going through and and um i uh was going to the bank. I'd been there for six months. So I was going to buy a house. Mm-hmm. Right? Okay. So I go to the bank. Was well, Actually, I, I drive to work. Mm-hmm. I pull up to work. CNN is there. MSNBC. All the news. Their trucks are in the in the, in the the parking lot with satellites. Nice. This is a big deal because American Freightways, people don't remember, it was... They were, that was the, they were the biggest LTL. They were the people, people, they were the company that everyone was chasing in the Mm -hmm. LTL business. Right. Which is less than truckload for any of you that that are not aware of what the. (laughs) All these acronyms. I'm throwing out acronyms like crazy. But so it was a big deal. Mm -hmm. And uh, so I pull up and I'm like, man, this is exciting. You know, this is great. I'm, I'm working, I'm working, I'm working for FedEx now. This is, this is going to be, this is going to be the stuff. So I roll up to the bank, you know, basically kick in the door, you know, walk up to the, walk up into the, and sit down at the bank. And I'm like, yeah, Hal Borland here. We're going to get a loan. The lady looks at me and she's like, we can't give you a loan. And I'm like, 
Okay. What? Oh. What? What? <laughs> well, your job's not secure. And I'm like, what do you mean? We just got bought by FedEx. So we don't know if they're going to keep it here. The funny thing was about all this is the, it was a local bank to Harrison. Mm-hmm. The founder of American Freightways was on the board. <laughs> also, half of the executives were right. on the board. And this lady just told me that I couldn't have a loan for a home for a home <laughs> because. because my job was not safe. Nice. Needless to say, I got a call from her the next day. And she's like, I'm very sorry, Mr. Borland. Um, we're ready to do your loan. I'm like, that's okay. I found another place. Really? Yep. Nice. So um ended up buying a house, mm-hmm. uh, cross town, little little house, and it all worked out great. Today, you're no longer a sysadmin. I'm not a sysadmin. So I was no. a sysadmin for, for FedEx January 1st, 2018. Yeah. Um, I did some stints. and I was still in the SA team, yeah. but there for like four years, I was a storage administrator too. Oh, yeah. Focused on storage. Mm-hmm. Today, I'm a site reliability engineer. Mm-hmm. Which is a fancy way to say sysadmin, <laughs> but um, but I'm also I'm actually a developer. Yeah. So I'm writing a lot of code. I'm analyzing a lot of code. I'm following up with people uh, when there's outages. So the best part about it is is that I don't have to. Something's gonna be really bad if it's if they call me like after hours. Mm-hmm. So I work pretty much just your normal eight to five. Yeah. Stuff. So well, and and that's pretty impressive for a resource student. Right. It you, is. You know. It is. It's it's one of those things, you know, I've, um, you know, I'm also uh, doing a little bit of work Uh, during this time I did. I started my own company. Mm -hmm. Uh, I had with my brother-in-law, we did web design, Mm -hmm. um, web development. Mm -hmm. We've, we've, I did that for 14 years. My, my brother-in-law actually moved to Tennessee. uh, So we dissolved the company. Yeah. Uh, So, um, not trying to do that side hustle anymore yet. Yeah. Uh, I may start up something different, but yeah, I mean, some of the, you know, it's what, uh, what, why why do you think you were able to end up? I mean, because I think by all accounts, anybody that would take a look at at your career, you've done really well for yourself. Like, I mean, I mean really well. I mean, um, you've, you've been able to overcome a lot of things. I mean, we've already chronicled a lot of the, the challenges that you've had throughout the years on that. Is there anything in particular, like that you kind of point to that, you know, that you think about that you're like, you know, how, how did I get this far? You know, I don't know. I, you know, I know a lot of people, um, people would say, you mm-hmm. know, I know a lot of people would say, uh, you know the faith, and and, it's, and you know that's that you know that's 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 helped me. Mm-hmm. Um, me, I, I like a challenge. When people tell me I'm not gonna, I can't do it. Mm-hmm. You know, then I'm gonna try to do it. I'm I'm also I really like to figure stuff out, and mm-hmm. you know that's just that's just one of the things. It's like when people tell you you can't do something, and you Say well, let me let me see if I can. Right. I, I, let me let me figure out. I can I can I can figure it out. I, you know, we were talking earlier about you know watching. Like, we had a local bike store in town. Mm-hmm. 
forever. Yeah. And um, they're gone. It's it's gone. Uh, they retired. And it's like, you know, who's going to fix our bike, our bikes now? <laughs> you know, who's going to tune them up? Yeah. And I'm like, I'll just get a, I mean, it can't be that hard, right? Yeah. You know? So I've watched a ton of YouTube videos and stuff, and, and uh, I fixed my bike. I tuned it completely up. Mm-hmm. And now I'm like, man, I think I want to build a bike. I think I'm just going to build my own bike. I'm going to find parts and do that. And that's just, just what I did. You know, that's what I did with my computers. It's like when I bought my first computer, it's like, you know, I bought a cheap one. And I'm like, oh, well, I mean, it wasn't cheap. Yeah. This is the 90s. It's <laughs> This stuff was still expensive. Uh-huh. But, you know, I was like, oh, well, you know what? I can I can upgrade my memory. And so I did that. Mm-hmm. I was like, oh, I can update my hard drive. And I did that. And so I just started trying to build different things. And, you know, it's just, it's just kind of how I am. And it's just I think that that just – I'm stubborn. Mm-hmm. And uh, I just think that I can do anything. Really, I mean, yeah. I've wanted to start a podcast. I don't know what to, you know. I told you about the one I wanted to do. Yeah, and uh, it's just I just a lot of time. I don't have a lot of time, mm-hmm. and um, I'm just like, you know, I know I could do one. You have no doubt you can do one, though. There's, oh, there's, there's no doubt. There's yeah. there's no there's not an iota uh, in of, of of disbelief in your soul that you couldn't do that. Oh yeah, no. Right. I, you know yeah, you can. Do I, it. I know I can do it. I know I can do that. I know I can do a. I mean, I, I know that I can do YouTube storytelling mm-hmm. with a vlog. Sure. But it's like, do people want to follow what I'm doing? Right. You mm-hmm. know, I don't want to produce something or do something. That's my problem, right? Mm-hmm. I feel like if I'm doing it, I'm just doing it for me. Mm-hmm. I want somebody to get something out of what I say, mm-hmm. or what I do, or what I show. Well, if, if I can add my two cents worth on that, um, I, I've spent the last probably five years of my life doing a whole lot more personal development stuff uh, than I ever have. Uh, and I've always been a fan of it ever since I was, you know, doing multi-level marketing when I was a teenager, you know, or whatever. Right. Um, you know, I, I've, I've, I've done that gambit of things, but the thing that's, that, just keeps coming up over and over and over again is that it, if it's interesting to you, there you're, you are intrinsically valuable. You have intrinsic value. In my opinion, I think every human really does. Yeah. And it, your voice is needed in the world. Right. Every, everyone's voice everyone's is voice needed is, yes. in the world, but yours is. And, you know, we spend so much time around likes and follows and subscribers and monetization and so forth. And I'm not saying that any of those things are bad or that any of those things don't have uh, importance somewhere right. because they do in context. Right. But the thing is, is the thing that's most important is kind of being able to uh, I go to a songwriting camp uh, every couple of years up in in New York with uh, Steve Earle's camp up there and the most important thing that I ever heard him say and I've been there three times uh, he said when you're a songwriter your job is empathy and what 
what you're doing is not necessarily trying to tailor your story or your voice to anyone in particular. What you're trying to do is you're trying to say, this is how I feel. This is how I see the world. This is where I'm at. And I'm going to raise my hand and say that. And if you feel that way too, just know you're not alone. Right. Yeah. And so I would just say that it doesn't matter whether or not you have something that somebody else wants to follow that will pivot and change as time goes on. Uh, action follows or clarity follows action. So right. uh, I would highly encourage you to do it because I think you'd be great. So, yeah. Well, thank um, you. Yeah. It's, it's just trying to find the thing to, to, to do, you know, it's like I did the, I did a lot of streaming for mm-hmm, a while mm-hmm. on YouTube and Twitch, right? Video games. Mm-hmm. I, I'm an avid video game player. Right. You know, I'm not good. I'm not, I'm not ninja. Uh, I'm not even ninjas. Like, you know, left, left five. None of us are. I know. know. (laughs) You just don't have that, that, that hit, that, you know, that hit scan. You can't just go pow, you know, um, my brother-in-law is really good at it. Mm -hmm. He's got it really good, but you know, it's taken him. He plays a lot. Yeah. And he can play a lot. So it, it, you know, he's, he's very, He's very good at it. So, but I mean, you know, it's, it's finding the right thing. And, and, uh, I, I, so I've started a little thing with, um, like I said earlier, you know, I've, I've taken for granted my, my place here, mm-hmm. uh, where I, where I live. And so I've been taking lots of photos Yeah, and kind of getting into photo editing and, and some video editing and stuff and started a little Instagram deal where I'm just doing mm-hmm. Ozark Adventure and it's oh, doing cool. stuff and and posting pictures and trying to grow it um so anybody just, that listens to this should go visit your instagram yeah right ozark yeah, adventure I, I think it's like i have to look it up here we'll put it in the show notes yeah, later it's, show not notes. it's like azk <laughs> advent or something like that right but yeah i've been doing some of that it's got like two pictures on it right now but um getting ready to start camping mm-hmm. so we're gonna be doing lots of hiking and stuff for that and well, I really appreciate you taking the time with me, man. Yeah. I know it's hard to get, you know, an hour, a couple hours and whatnot. Yeah. So I appreciate it. You know, the, um, I mean, you've got an amazing story. I mean, really you do. And, um, you know, it can be so helpful for so many people. So, um, I think the, the, the thing I would like to say to, to anybody, anybody mm-hmm. listening is don't sell yourself short. You can do anything. You really can anything. And I know it's it's me being you know uh, privileged. You know mm-hmm. I've had I've had a I've had a, a fair share of advantages, mm-hmm. but it's not advantages by money, mm-hmm. right? Right. My you know my father and mother. My mother didn't work. She well she worked some like in the worked in the cafeteria, mm-hmm. and my father had his own business and when I started getting older and starting needing more like medical attention, you know, he had his own business where he was doing uh, auto body mm-hmm. and he decided he's like, I've got to do something for my family. And so he started driving tractor trailers. Mm-hmm. So he had insurance right, and stuff. You know, he wanted to be an auctioneer. He went to auctioneer school. Really? Yeah. And so that was kind of his little dream and he, he did it. And he did few, you know, few auctions and stuff. But he did it while he had his own business doing auto body, mm-hmm. had his own trucking company, yeah, and was an auctioneer. 
people are amazing. And, yeah, people are amazing. And so that's what I want to tell you. Even if even if you're down, even if you're down on your luck, there's a little ember of inspiration in there that can start a fire in you mm-hmm. that no one can put out. Right? Right. And you can do anything. And that's what I tell my daughter. I tell my daughter that she can do anything. Mm-hmm. Man, it has been such an honor hanging out with you yeah. and listening to you. That's, uh, I mean, we're just going to end it there because it's yep. just perfect. So yep. um, we'll have to do it again. Yo, please. I'll, <laughs> I'll talk as long as you let me. <laughs> All right. Thanks, Al. That was amazing. I hope you guys are, I hope you guys are enthused about listening to what Hal had to say as I was. I know there was uh, some bird walking and I, and I know that we probably discussed some things that weren't applicable directly to you, but you know what? We, we discussed some really important things in there. How about Hal just not giving up and going after what he wanted to do, what he was passionate about, even though somebody said, Oh, this is the best you could do. You know, he, he flatly denied that. You know, I was really impressed at the, um, the part where his mother goes down to the school and fights to try to get him into, uh, math classes, uh, advanced classes that will help him in college. Uh, and the, the school saying, no, no, sorry. I mean, that's that's amazing uh, that a student that really, really wants to learn uh, could be turned away like that. And now I know a lot of people know the school I'm talking about, and we're not really trying to, to bash the school. Things are different now than they were when we were growing up. Uh, we're a little bit older now. And so I, there, there's no ill will. Hal doesn't hold any ill will that I'm aware of. Uh, and and. That's not the point. The point is overcoming the obstacles, and the point is overcoming the challenges. It's being able to focus on what you want to do and move forward. And in that sense, man, Hal is an amazing story, right? I mean, look what he's done. He's he's worked his way up, and, and he now works for a Fortune 500 company, uh, you know, doing doing the information technology stuff. When people told him that the best that he could do was, you know, maybe be a manual laborer. I mean, come on, that that is inspiring, and it's inspiring not just because Hal did it, but because you can do it too. Uh, anyone can. Uh, we're really amazing creatures. That's the whole point of this podcast. The whole point of this is is for us to be able to bring out and understand what we can accomplish when we want to, when we're willing to put in the work, when we're willing to do it. And that that is this is this story. Hal is exactly what we're talking about. So. Uh, Thank you all for listening. And of course, we want to do a giveaway, right? I like to do giveaways. Uh, and since um, one of my business mentors, Kathy Heller, has a new book coming out in the fall, in fact, just just a couple months now, uh, we want to give away a book. So uh, here's what we're going to do. Uh, and in the book, the book is called Don't Keep Your Day Job. And you can pre-order it right now if you like to. You can get it on uh, on uh, pretty much every platform out there, Apple, Barnes & Noble, uh, you know, all of them. The, it, it's there for pre-order. But what I'm going to do is give you a free copy. So here's how you get your free copy of uh, Don't Keep Your Day Job. We're going we're gonna to give one away, and if you will go and 
write a review of Plain Ordinary Dragon, the podcast. Uh, if you'll go ahead and, and write a review of it and then take a screenshot of it and send that screenshot to me at plainodragon at gmail.com. Uh, if you'll send that to me, uh, we will go ahead and choose from all of the, the entries, uh, one randomly, and you will get the book when it comes out. We've already pre-ordered the books ourselves, uh, and it's going to be no cost to you. Uh, it's just going to be something that we can do to give you something because plain ordinary dragon wants to make sure that that we provide value. We want to give you things that will enhance your life and, and make it better, um, or at least give you the tools or the knowledge of the tools that you can go ahead and, and use those uh, to say, hey, I, I am I am incredible. I am pretty amazing, and I can do this, no matter what this is. Uh, so anyway, go ahead, uh, give us a review out on uh, on iTunes uh, on on uh, on Apple, and shoot me a screenshot of it, and we will uh, we will give the book away. We're gonna give uh, some books away. Uh, we're gonna give something away on, on the first few episodes here for sure. And so in episode five, I think we'll announce all the winners uh, because we'll finally have everything to. Together then, and uh, and we're not just doing books. We're there'll be some other things too. But for right now, uh, for this episode, uh, it, it, that's what we're gonna do. So go ahead, enter it in, uh, and and feel free to go over to plainordinarydragon.com and check it out as well. Uh, we've got some articles out, out over there on a, a bunch of different topics related to inspiration and business and philosophy and, and, and those kinds of things. Uh, feel free to sign up for the newsletter if you'd like to. Um, and of course we have an Instagram account. If you want to um, reach out on, on Instagram, you can do that. We're at plainordinarydragon uh, and we, we post stuff out there, inspirational quotes mostly. Uh, so you can follow us if you want to see some pretty things in your feed. And you can reach out uh, with direct messages there as well. Uh, we, we answer all the forms of communication that we have. So we look forward to seeing you next time. Thank you so much for joining us today. We know how important your time is. And the fact that you decided to spend some of it with us humbles us to our very core. Hey, remember, you might be plain and you might be ordinary, but you're a dragon. Have a great day. We'll talk to you real soon. <laughs>